Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 343, and it is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023, the Halloween edition of the Codex Prime Podcast. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right, and joining us live in the Codex Prime Zoom studios, we have uh, an esteemed author of the comic book series, Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. Um, also illustrated by Cortland Ellis. Uh, you can uh, find this uh, find this uh, comic available in your co- local comic shops or uh, online, Comixology. Uh, party people, please welcome Mr. David Crownson. Welcome, sir. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no, thank you for being. Thank you for being on the show. That's it. no problem. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, we know that your time is limited, so I say we just get right, you know, right into it. So, yeah, give us your uh, humble beginnings. Uh, yeah, where are you from? How did you get into comic books and so forth? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, I'm originally from uh, Branchburg, New Jersey. Uh, well, actually, born and raised in Flemington, New Jersey, which is like a very country um, area in Jersey. Um, I got into comic books because I always, like, stole the... The, the, the Sunday newspaper from my from my dad, and I would, like, read the cartoons on the back. And I was originally thinking I was going to be a cartoonist, but I, I, like, I could not... Like, I'm a terrible drawer. I couldn't draw. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I was, I was just really into, like, you know, Heathcliff and Curtis, because it was a black uh, character, um, Peanuts, uh, all that stuff. And then uh, my dad got me uh, The Death of Superman, like the graphic novel. Oh. And, and this was like a, a big deal. Like it was on the news, you know, The Death of Superman. And it was it was like, again, like it, it was as if like a real person died. Like CNN was covering it. Um, it was on 2020. It was a whole thing. And uh, and I read it, and I was like, damn, I can't believe we're not going to have any more Superman comic books anymore. They, like, legit, like, because, you know, people, when people die, they stay dead. <laughs> but uh, at least at that time, at that okay. time, you know, like, the only, the only characters that come back, so the only characters that stay dead now in comic books is Uncle Ben. Like, uh, Uncle, Uncle Ben and I think, like, Bruce Wayne's parents. Are the only people? Actually, no. Bruce Wayne's dad came back in the alternate timeline. I never thought <laughs> that. Um, so, anywho, only Uncle Ben stays dead, uh, and, and like motherfucking Krypton stays dead. Um, but yeah, so reading the Death of Superman got me into comic books, and yeah, and I was like hooked ever since, you know, and started like reading and going through Spider-Man and going through X-Men. And then this is also like the time where like the X-Men TV show is on like, you know, like Spider-Man nineties, Fox kids and like the Batman animated series. So all of that played a huge part in my uh, love of superheroes and comic book storytelling. Yeah. So then you mentioned before, I don't know if you wrote this one before Harriet Tubman, but uh, was it nightmare in Newark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, was that your first project? No, no. Uh, Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer was always my first project. Uh, Nightmare in Newark is my second project, and it happened, like, by accident. Um, Like, I was hired to 
I think it was a year after Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer was out, and I got hired by another publishing company to make a, a Halloween short story. And so they didn't say what. They just say, hey, just make a short story. We're doing a graphic novel collection of stories. And so I was thinking of a story, and I thought, okay, what if you had something that you could you you have to like confess to your family that you're scared of, and that can kind of be like the interior horror story, mm-hmm. and then like maybe your um, apartment is haunted or something like that. But then I'm, I like that interior story, and so I kept on working on it, um, and then I got into a sweet spot of uh, okay, I'll make it about. Originally, it was going to be about a guy who was going to, I think he was, like, dating, like, a white woman or someone that isn't, like, a, a black person. Or I was going to make him, him I think it's, he was, like, going to be a first-generation, like, Nigerian or something like that. And he was dating, like, either someone who was American or just someone not from the culture. And he was going to confess to his parents. And then I think I made, like, maybe alien invasion happened or... Uh, just something like crazy happens in his place. Yeah. And then the project, the graphic novel that I was working on, it the project got canned. It got canceled. Mm. So I was like, oh man, you know. So, I, but I really liked the story, so I kept on working on it. And I spent a year working out the story, and then uh, decided to make it about a woman coming out to her parents on Thanksgiving. And in the middle of her coming out to her parents on Thanksgiving, this alien invasion just like erupts in her uh in her town in northern new jersey and in the middle of her coming out uh basically she has to like survive this alien invasion and you know come out to her family Uh, nightmare it's basically like friday meets cloverfield that's a that's a very interesting concept so uh yeah tell us about uh harriet tubman demon slayer which came out what, a few years ago, and it's now make, making its rounds on uh, local comic shops? Yeah, yeah. Originally, it, it um, started out just as a fun idea that I got randomly. Um, I think I was watching, I was traveling, and I was in a different country. I was in Ghana, West Africa, mm. and they were doing a, um, a documentary celebrating Harriet Tubman because they traced her heritage and her roots back to Accra, Ghana. So, like, this documentary was celebrating Harriet Tubman. And then when that ended, I was channel surfing and I landed on the ending of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon with that katana fight scene Mm -hmm. with Michelle Yeoh and Zhang Zi. And then after that, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters came on and it was a terrible movie. Like, it was a straight up, like, hot garbage hot doo-doo garbage trash movie uh no disrespect to any of the filmmakers it's really hard to make something it's really hard to make shit uh uh, it's really hard to make anything so um i remember but i remember being like i really don't like this movie like this this movie could have been so much fun it could have you know they could have taken advantage of so many cool creative things and then they just ended up you know making this bad movie and i remember writing in my journal about how bad the movie was. So I'm writing in my journal and these three things stood out to me when I was done like doing the stream of conscious, just kind of pouring it out onto the page. And the things that stood out were Harriet Tubman 
katana fight scene and witch hunters. And I was like, wait, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Like, what if Harriet Tubman knows martial arts and she beats up, like, like a, like a racist werewolf? I don't know. Um, and then just kind of started really visualizing and thinking of, like, I was just stuck on that image of this 4 foot 11 Harriet Tubman as, like, a ninja. And still, like, making a story about Harriet Tubman, not changing anything except for the fact that, again, she knows martial arts and has superhuman strength. Yeah. And leads still is leading the enslaved to freedom and battling like demons, which is vampires, werewolves. But I didn't know what it was, right? Because yeah. like I'm like I'm like it's obviously like a movie, but but I don't have any of those connections yeah. um, to like millions of dollars. Like I ain't got that. Um, and then I was thinking like it could be a video game, like, man. But but I, I was like still struggling with it. So I think it was, I want to say, when I got back to the States, I was, you know, when you're traveling and you go to like, um, like one of those airport uh, convenient places uh, and they have like overpriced like food and drinks and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was in line to buy like this $20 Gatorade and uh, I saw like a how to make comics book by my favorite comic book writer, Brian Michael Bendis. And it's called Words for Pictures. And I went, wait, that's it. I'll make Harry Tim and Demon. It's a comic book. I'll make it a comic book. And uh, yeah, and basically bought the, I, I bought the book from Amazon because it was like $11 on Amazon. It was like, it was like a hundred, it was like 200 bucks in that store. So I basically just spent um, a year uh, learning about writing a comic book script and then researching the real life Harriet Tubman and also just trying to find a way to like, okay, like I have this idea. I really feel like a connection to it. Um, I think I can make something. Let me get underneath the real life Harriet Tubman first, and then I'll add the fantastical stuff later. And then I got into this sweet spot where I said, okay, it's, Django Unchained meets a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, but grounded in Harriet Tubman's true life story. And, uh, and yeah, and that's how I got Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, or the idea, the, the creativity behind it. Yeah. And um, But then I had trouble getting the money to get it made, and I didn't want to do a Kickstarter because I was nervous I would fail at it and fail publicly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, again, I wasn't gonna do it at all, and I, then I found I found a financier who was going to invest a couple thousand dollars into getting the first issue done, but he turned out to be trash, and turned out to be uh, uh, I can curse on this, right? Yes. Um, uh, he was a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, so so this dude was trash. So I think okay, I was like I'm like yo this has been like a journey. It's been hard trying to get money for this. I'm going to take a little break and break and uh, I'll figure this out some other time. So, uh, I said, I was going to just figure it out <laughs> and do something else. And I'm like, yo, like Hillary Clinton's going to be president tomorrow. Let me just chill out. You know, going to have first, you know, female president 
It's like, yo, I can't believe Trump was president. Yo, would, yo, wouldn't that be fucking crazy if Trump was president? Like, all the racist people would come out the woodwork. This, is, this has just been bad for America. Let me go vote. I'm going to watch uh, James Bond. Or, what did I see? I think I... Usually on election night, on election night I'll, I always go and watch a movie. Yeah. Uh, I vote, and then I go to the movies. Um, so... I come out of uh, damn. I forget the name. It was a it was an army movie with Andrew Garfield, directed by Mel Gibson. Oh, Hacksaw uh, Ridge. Yes. Yes, Hacksaw Ridge. That's what I saw. The one who he wouldn't uh, use a gun. Yeah. 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 This is, it's about this Chris. Yeah, Chris dude refused to use a gun. Anywho, Andrew Garfield's really good in it. <laughs> so saw that movie and I come out and the world felt like something felt off. Like the energy was off, and uh, like I, I was in, I was, I had just moved back to New Jersey. I was living in New York, and something just felt like, like it felt like the world was darker. <laughs> like I was driving home, and like, and just felt like all the lights were off. I'm like, yeah, why does it feel like it's dark as hell? And then I came home, and my sister was crying, and she's like, uh, he's like, oh man, like, like, like he won in Michigan. And he won in uh, Atlanta, and he won, like, even if Hillary, even if she gets these other states, you know, she ain't going, like, it ain't going to happen. And so, uh, anywho, so Trump is president. (laughs) And I think I was talking to a friend of mine who was really bummed out about it, and she just was like, uh, she's like, I've been up and like crying. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is this is insane. This is crazy. And uh, I think she said, Hey, so what do you have? What are you working on? As uh, my friend Alex and I told her, Yeah, I had this idea about Harriet Tubman, you know. And I told her about. I basically told her like yeah, I wrote the first issue and this is what happens in it. And she's like, You need to make that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? It's like. David, I, I'm a dark-skinned black woman. I need to see a dark-skinned black woman, like, killing racist demons right now. <laughs> like, the world needs Harriet Tubman demons player right now. So I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I was like, you know what, you're right. I'm going to do it. And then I went back to sleep, and I was like, that girl crazy. I ain't going to do shit. I, I'm too scared to be out here doing this. So uh, I think I, I woke up and went to Walmart to get some food and eat my feelings and watch Luke Cage because it was on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> season one of Luke Cage, great show. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. Um, so just <laughs> I went to go get some food and was uh, I was in line waiting at Walmart and there was like a there was like an unreasonably long line. So uh, I looked and these there was a bunch of white people and they were they weren't going to the second line that was obviously open. And it was a Muslim woman who was writing up a job. And so I'm like, is anyone not going to go to this woman? And they were like, oh, no, we're not going. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like well, fuck y'all. I'm, I'm getting out of this line. I'm about to get my Luke Cage on. I'm about to eat these Oreos, cookies, and order some Pizza Hut and have a good-ass day. So I left the line and, you know, had her check me out. And I went back to my car. And this one guy just walked up to me and said, hey, man, like, you're way braver than me. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, you know, man, like, they're all just planted here. You know, now that Trump is in president, you know, 
we don't, we don't have to worry because he's, he's going to protect us. But uh, you're way braver than me. And I was just like, oh, hell no. So I think I just, I texted Cortland Ellis, who drew the cover, and I said, dude, we're doing this. We're going to make this a thing. Because racist people should not be allowed to be out here and be free and thinking like everything's all right. Correct. Uh, nah, fuck all that shit. So uh, I said we're gonna make this Kickstarter, and I don't, I don't, I, 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 I my, my focus and excitement for success outweighs my fear of failure at the moment. So like, like fuck all that shit. And the Corlin was kind of like, he was a little bit scared. He's like, hey, man, we got to take it easy. Uh, like, I'm, I'm like, no, fuck it. We're doing it now. We're doing it next month. Getting this money. I'm going to use this money to pay you. And I'm going to pay someone else to do chapter two. This is going to be a thing that fucking exists in the world. Um, nothing is stopping us. We're going to make it happen. And just, I just called it as it was. Um, and he was like, he's like, this nigga's crazy. Um, <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, within a month, you know, we raised over $20,000 on Kickstarter. And then within six months, the comic came out and started selling out in a bunch of places. Um, and then I got a bunch of film and TV offers to make into either a movie or a TV show. And some of those uh, those deals didn't pan out. Um, and then I just kept making the comic book. And, and yeah, and here we are. <laughs> Wow. I was I never would have thought like that that would have been the inspiration for the comic. I like going into it, I'm thinking it's just like uh he it's just a black version of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Everyone always says that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> There's more I have never a more, a more thought and creativity than what's the what's the Negro version? <laughs> yeah, it is just like first of all, it's refreshing that that is the story behind it, and I was like, it just made me invest in it even more because I remember seeing, I just like saw it on an Instagram post, and I just said to myself like, I need that, I need that. Uh, somebody posted it, it was at a comic book store in Baltimore, and I was reaching out to my cousin like, yo, I need this comic, I need this comic. I could not find it anywhere until recently. Um, came on like you know, got on shelves all over the place. And first of all, I love it because nothing brings me more joy than just seeing races get got. (laughs) Yes, same, same. So I think someone asked me recently. They were like, "Hey, uh, why did you create Harry to the Demon Slayer?" And the the short answer is, I wanted to scare racists and make niggas feel good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's like like the short answer for it. Um, But yeah, that should be the tagline for your comic: scare racists and make niggas feel good. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) very intelligent demon player. Scare racists and make niggas feel good. (laughs) It's like like, don't say it like that. Well, speak, speaking of which, um, like as you were as you were coming up with the idea, um, was there any was there any point in the process where you kind of was there any like hesitation on your part to like make uh, to add a supernatural element to Harriet Tubman's story? Because as you know, like her story, her her real life story is already extraordinary as it is, yeah. and to add a supernatural element, was there any trepidation that you felt at any point in the creative process? No, no, because like like you said, there was already 
you know, there's there's always like a supernatural element because she's very religious, very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her story is, you know, she gets hit over the head by this drunk slave master who was throwing a weight at someone else. And she was in the way and she gets knocked out and she saw a vision of God. Um, it was like or it was like a manifestation where she experienced like Christ, God. And this person, this entity that was speaking to her, um, God, just said, like, when you wake up, you're going to be different and you're going to be strengthened to lead slaves to freedom. Go to this specific spot in Philadelphia (laughs) and you'll find a horse and a carriage. And then, you know, she wakes up, finds a horse and a carriage, except in my comic books. All of that still happens in my comic book. Spoiler alert for Harry Potter: Demon Slayer issue nine. Um, okay, I'm only on two. I that... just got two, so. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, sorry for the spoiler, but, but like <laughs> that's gonna that still happens. Except like this angel appears and says all that stuff about Philadelphia, but they're just like, yo, and uh, and we're gonna teach you how to do kung fu, like like Matrix shit. <laughs> like that type of shit happens. <laughs> like, you're, like you're, you're going to train them in this hyperbolic time chamber, like Dragon Ball Z. Are um, there any folding chairs? Of it? Are there any folding chairs happening? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. When that went down in like August or September, I, 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 I did Photoshop. Uh, I think it, it's it it's a uh, it's this cover. Uh, you can find it on my Instagram. I photoshopped like a chair, a folded chair, onto this, <laughs> and I was like, I, I sent it to my distribution partners at Mass, and I'm like, hey, uh, we should do a limited release of it, and, and like no one responded. There was like, oh, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so mad now. Order, I'm, I'm actually going on to your Instagram just to find that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was like. It was like a month or two ago. Yes, I thought I, I thought I was funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if yep, there it is. No, I want to. <laughs> want... Hold on. Yes, yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. I mean, like that. That's such a great idea. I would buy that copy. Get it, get, right, get it graded and everything, just because of that. Be like, be like, yeah. Uh, I'll message them and be like, hey, listen, uh, these people are coming out saying uh, they want this about <laughs> um, Harriet Holby, a folded chair. <laughs> we have to print a thousand of them. Um, so how did you connect with uh, Cortland Ellis and uh, Sharonda Brown? Uh, both, uh, you know, Sharonda's one of my best friends. Um, hilariously, we connected because... <laughs> She she tweeted something. We weren't friends at the time, but I think Thor Ragnarok had just come out, and uh, she tweeted that uh, what's his uh, Heimdall Heimdall was the Harriet Tubman <laughs> <laughs> of the movie, and, and that shit went viral. And like he's like she was like, listen, Heimdall is like the Harriet Tubman of Asgard because he he's literally Harriet like it's like same outfit and shit and, and so that shit went viral a bunch of my friends started tagging me and brought and the then, Asgardians to freedom on shit yeah exactly it was funny as hell so 
so Sharon and I became friends um, from from that tweet, and then uh, and then yeah, we and we and we stayed friends, and we basically talked all the time. And then uh, I think I want to say. Uh, I think I, it was during the, the pandemic and I was doing issue four or five of Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer and I was talking to Sharonda and I was just like, hey, what's wrong? And I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to like, you know, because Cortland was, was lettering all the comics mm-hmm. and there was like, just like minor like grammatical stuff, not trying to, to shade or, or drag Cortland, but there was like some grammatical stuff and she was just like, hey, like I, I, I can edit it for you. And I was like, I'm like, cool, thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, cause that'll save me like some time. Um, and she's a professional editor and her oh. brain just works really fast like that. And then she did it for issue six. And I was like, do you want to be my editor for my comics? And she said, yeah, sure. No problem. And, and we've been rocking and rolling since 2020. Uh, Cortland, I, I was looking for an artist when I had the idea for Harriet back in 2017, actually no, back in 2015. And I think I found Corlin in 2016 and I said, I was a big fan of his work. And I asked him like, Hey man, do you want to draw my comic book? Um, I have this idea. And he's like, all right, what's it called? I said, it's called Harry Tubman Demon Slayer. And Corlin's response was great to this day. Like he said, uh, we're going to get in a lot of trouble for that. Let's do it. <laughs> and, 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 and then he, he was like, hey, so what do you um, want me to do the cover? I'm like, yeah, yeah, do the cover, please. And he started thinking of like, um, and he was like, hey, what's the cover going to look like? And I had a clear vision of what I wanted the cover to be. I said, I want it to be Harriet Tubman. Uh, where is it? I said, I want it to be Harriet Tubman staring at us. Uh, I want them to be two katanas, and I want in the re- you can't really see in this, but I've said I want in the reflection of the katanas. I want to see um, like demons and witches and werewolves and vampires go crazy with it. And then he was like, okay, and within two weeks he like did that cover, actually less than a week, yeah. and you know, just iconic. And uh, yeah, met met him through. I met both of them through social media. And, uh, you know, when Corlin did that cover, I shared it on social media. And it went viral, like like 20,000 people talking about it. And and I was kind of, like, nervous because I've never experienced that much, like, um, like attention from people right. or, like, quote-unquote, like, fame. And some people were really happy about it, but some people were, like, kind of, like, pissed off about it. They were like, yo, fuck you. How dare you do that to Harriet Tubman? That's disrespectful. Your mama didn't raise you right. Hey, yo, fuck David Crowns. Yo, I appreciate what you're doing with, with Auntie Harriet. Fuck you, nigga. You ain't shit. And your mama ain't shit for how, for how she raised you. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I've never, like, I've never, again, I've never had, like, strangers. Like, like I'm, I'm used to my friends roasting the living shit out of me. Which you know, good. but I'm, I'm not used to, like, when it's strangers I, and it's a bunch of them but then I, I started to like which I, I don't think anyone should do this i was reading the comments and some of the comments were positive like some people were like hey like this is really cool i think this is awesome um you know there was like a thousand comments there was 80 negative ones 
But huh. it was like out of a thousand comments, and they were all positive. So at first, I was nervous because I didn't want to be on the problematic side of of of, of like of black people. Um, and thankfully, you know, the, when the book came out, it was well received, and people read it and they got it. Um, and there, some people think when they see the title, some people think, oh, he's just trying to make a, a trivial, he's going to trivialize this real-life American hero and this real-life story that, you know, um, it, it, well, there's nothing glamorous or, like, beautiful. Like, like the essence and the, the grit is beautiful and the courage is beautiful. Right. Um, but I didn't want people to think that I was, like, looking down on this real-life person. I was kind of celebrating all the sacrifices and all of the... Um, the, the, the journey that's like hardened because you know Harriet Tubman she's literally like seeing a war and when they found out who Harriet Tubman was you know they were going to brutally murder her and anyone that was caught with her she was never caught and you know I'm writing a comic book about that life and this person had to live it and you know then there are people who didn't get rescued so also having to take that into account um when when making this story because uh, it's a part of history and how people say like i don't want to know about slavery or see it i don't want to see slavery i'm like hey it's a part of it's a part of american history uh, like it needs to be talked about and people need to because you know if we don't we do and repeat some shit yeah. uh, <laughs> so yeah, but, yeah. Now, did any uh, descendants of Harriet Tubman ever like reach out to you at all? Uh, does she? Even yeah, have yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, uh, I think in 2019, like a small group, um, and and I was nervous. I thought they were mad. Uh, I just got this email, and I was like, "We'd love, we'd like to talk to you over Skype." That, that that's how old this shit is. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're like, "We'd like to talk to you over Skype, not Zoom." Um, so we got on Skype and, and they were all like, Hey, we think this is cool. You know? And what I was really happy about is that they, they heard about it and they liked it. And they also wanted to, um, well, I think one other thing is unrelated. They're all like a lot of them are college professors, mm -hmm. which I find interesting. Like, like all of them are like college professors really? and it's not by like, it's not like a thing where it's like they made a pact. He's like, all right. We're all Tubmans, and we're all going to be college professors. But it's just like, oh, I just fell into education. You know, I think one of one of them is actually a DJ and an underground rapper. Um, but there's yeah, always one. Like there's one in every family. In, one, in every family, there's always going to be this guy. <laughs> a DJ, I'm the DJ. I'm the DJ. Rapper. Oh, awesome, awesome, man. Yeah, I think my brother was a, a DJ for a minute, and then he became a real estate agent, and then he went back to doing DJ stuff, and now I think he works as a technician for FedEx. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's had a, a whole list of careers. But yeah, but no, the, they were all really great about the comic, and were, I thought they were going to say, we can't legally sue you, but fuck you, <laughs> all right? That's right. That's all. That we, we brought you on Skype, so all these squares would just say, "Fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck your comic book." 
you, you, you freaking, I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. So was it like, how has the response been for you? Because I've seen like you've recently been on been on CNN. You're at New York Comic Con, and like everybody's flocking to get signed copies and take pictures of you. Like you're just like a celebrity within our community. How's that like response have been like to you? For you? Yeah, like I, I, I'm just grateful that people, when they see the comic, they they respond to it positively. And I'm, I'm even more grateful that people, since the comic book is in the, like a bunch of comic book shops, I'm really grateful that people are buying it and they read it and say, hey, I really enjoyed this. Or they say, hey, like, or they came back and they bought chapter two. You know, and then they get, um, they're just reading into, or, or before I used to have the graphic novel collection out, and everyone was, I think people who would buy it and say, yeah, hey, I read it in one night. Like, I binged it. You know, like, oh. my, I think the best gift is cool. Yes, they buy it, uh, which is great. Support me financially because uh, this is a full time gig. Oh. And also, uh, really cool and awesome that not only did they buy it, but they read it and they loved it and they really enjoyed it. So that's been, you know, I'm I'm just grateful. I'm not really grateful for that, for those two things that people buy your stuff and that people also enjoy your stuff. Yeah. So are there any like ideas for like, um, maybe bringing Frederick Douglass into the mix or like any other, uh, famous black Americans and kind of making a Justice League type of thing? First of all, I- I'm going to make a, an, an Avengers. Okay. An Avengers. Freaking everyone knows the Avengers will watch the Justice League. That's right. <laughs> I said it. That's right. I said it. I agree. Um, yeah, and, I, and, I'm a, and I'm a DC dude, but I'm really? like, I was like, nah, not like... <laughs> The, the Avengers will watch the Justice League. Um, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Superman, if Superman, like Tony Stark, <clears throat> Tony Stark's AI will figure out how to make a Kryptonian element in two seconds, and uh, and like to make a Krypton beam. And and, she, and and Superman's my favorite character, by the way. But but damn, that's see that's like, what you that, call growth. <laughs> like shit, it, it'll be over. Um, anywho, uh, yes, the, there is. There's going to be a, a eventually Abraham. This world's version of Abraham Lincoln, who will be the realistic version of Abraham Lincoln, the historically accurate version of Abraham Lincoln, will show up eventually in this comic. Oh, yeah. Um, or Truth will show up. Um, Henry, my favorite one is Henry Box Brown. Henry Box Brown was a slave who mailed himself to freedom, and he was found by slave owners, and they were gonna kill him. And then this man said, "Hey, hey, that's my that's my property. That's my slave." And he grabbed him, and it was he's a it was a magician who found him. And this magician was retiring and said, hey, like, I don't have any kids, I don't have any family, but I saw what you did back there. Uh, I'm going to let you be my apprentice. Um, 
you're free. I'll pay you $12 a week. A shitload of money back then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll pay you $12 a week to just learn all of my tricks. And uh, you just carry on the magic and shit. So uh, he's going to be a character. But I'm going to like go all the way and make it like he's into like the mystic arts and shit. The Doctor Strange um, of the... Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that that's Henry Box Brown. Um, Nat Turner will be there. Uh, yeah. who, would, who would Nat Turner be? Yeah. Well, Nat Turner, it's like he allegedly was killed and uh, hung. Captain um, America. But, you know, maybe he, what if, what if he was a werewolf this whole time? I don't know. Could be a, could be like a Falcon Winter, Sol- Falcon Winter Soldier situation because you got John Brown. Who was also um, took up uh, Nat Turner as a mantle, or, or, or probably was the other way around. Could probably have them team up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wait, John Brown's gonna show up too. Yeah, yeah. John Brown's gonna show up, and it's gonna be, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a very intense thing. Oh yeah. But yes, and he's also like on the demon slaying stuff as well. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Henry Box Brown will show up. Uh, John Brown, a lot of Browns in this. Uh, John Brown will show up. Abraham Lincoln and uh, another character who's not well. Uh, Harriet's going to. I'm doing a mini series with another famous fictional character with Harriet Tubman. We're gonna have a big crossover. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna post about it probably tomorrow. So look out for that. Okay. So uh, Kingwood Comics is your imprint, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are are there any other titles under the imprint with um, other different artists or writers? Yes. <laughs> I can't say who. Okay. Not allowed to say who yet, but it, it is going to be. Besides, like, myself and Harriet Tubman and this other Harriet Tubman spinoff thing um, and the things that I'm writing, there's, there's going to be, like, eight more titles oh, coming okay. up. All right. And yeah, um, it'll be all black creator-owned books. I love it. Nice. Love it. Writer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all black creator-owned people that you all know. Oh. So, Wonderful. Or should know. Like, what one is a famous uh, DC guy. Um, Christopher And Cruz. he had this idea for a creator-owned book. And I said, hey, like, we should make it. And we're doing it. How do you get on that mailing list? Um, now, what is uh, Artist's Dojo? Oh, Artist's Dojo. I was a guest... It's my friend uh, Ephraim's um, podcast. I was a guest on it. Oh, okay. I know. It was like, yes, please subscribe to the Artist Dojo. He interviews every type of creative person, and they just talk about their practice and creativity. It's okay. very like holistic approach to do creativity. Okay. Yeah. So, what are your also? Who are your some of your like influences in writing? I really like Rodney Barnes. I really like he did Philadelphia um, 
and he also does a lot of TV as well. Um, I love Robert Kirkman and Brian Michael Bendis. Um, yeah, I think I think they're amazing. Uh, I love Tarantino's that were except when he says like nigga every five seconds <laughs> in a movie. It's like 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 out of nowhere. Actually, I think him and I think Martin Scorsese is worse. Actually, Martin Scorsese he'll have his character like a white character will just be racist for no reason. Um, and like if you if you watch every Martin Scorsese movie, a black person always gets shot in the head. Like really think about it. Taxi Driver, The Departed, uh, Goodfellas, a black person always gets shot in the head. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah, a bunch of. So that's why I, I don't care for Martin Scorsese as much as I used to because black people always get killed uh, viciously, or he says "nigga" every five seconds. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's entirely true. I think. I think. I think Tarantino is much worse on the on that scale. Oh, Tarantino is awful because he you he'll like get Samuel L. Jackson and he'll make those type of movies just so he can so just so he can say it through that. Yeah. But like Samuel Jackson, will at least get to be a, a human and be a character and have some type of agency in a movie. Samuel Jackson is in Goodfellas. He's in it for mm-hmm. two scenes where he doesn't have any dialogue. It's Samuel. Now, this is Samuel Jackson, like post Jungle Fever and post motherfucking Pulp Fiction, where he got an Oscar. He literally walks into a scene and they're they're narrating about him. And then he gets shot in the head by Joe fucking Pesci in the next scene. Yeah, it was in, one of his... in, in Goodfellas, it's right there. Yeah, but so, that's one like... of his early roles. That came out in 1990. That predated Pulp Fiction and, oh. Jungle, and uh, Jungle Fever. Nah, nah. No, actually, no. you're you're right about you're right about Pulp Fiction, but not about Jungle Fever. Damn it. Yeah, Jungle Fever is what 88. No, Jungle Fever was 91. Goodfellas came out in 1990. Still, I don't I don't care for Martin Scorsese because at least black people can have or can have lead roles and supporting roles in a motherfucking Quentin Tarantino movie. Has Denzel or Jamie Foxx or motherfucking Will Smith been in? Sorry, I got really passionate about this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for cursing. Uh, has anyone had any of those roles in a Scorsese movie? No. Spike Lee can can make a can can make a who I think is better. Um, <laughs> he's just not consistent, unfortunately. Um, uh, I think Spike Lee... Spike, like Lee? Spike Lee can make a movie... Can be well, what, oh, wait. The 25th Hour. The 25th Hour. Starring Edward Norton and uh, Brian Cox, Barry Pepper, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. An entire white cast. <laughs> it's one of Spike Lee's best movies. Oh, yeah. And... And, 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 like, crushes it. I I could never say, imagine Morris Scorsese directing an ensemble movie starring, like, Will Smith, Jamie Foxx. Um, actually, yeah, Morris Scorsese was supposed to originally direct the Muhammad Ali movie and mysteriously dropped out. I wonder why. And then, and then did motherfucking The Aviator. It's like, what? It's like, how he gonna do a movie about motherfucking planes when he should be doing a movie about a freaking epic boxing legend who fucked people up with his bare hands. Damn it. Why 
like this. It's too white. He literally has a movie out right now about killing a, a bunch of Indians, y'all. Shit. He ain't that great. He just has a good cinematographer and quick cuts. That's it. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, but I think you're. I I I, dis, I disagree on your on your take of Scorsese. I mean, it's kind of an oversimplification to say that Killers Killers of the Flower Moon is about oh he's just show, he's just killing a bunch of Indians. Well, it is based on real history. The Osage Nation. Yes. Being being uh being massacred by all these opportunistic white men. I cannot watch that movie because it will just make me angry throughout the whole entire thing. Well, it's history. Uh, yeah, it's just is, it's history that will make me bad. angry. He's not bad at directing. Uh, we, I want to respectfully say he's not bad at directing, but I just feel like I can't watch a movie. Like I, I think there was, it was I did, I did a like 2009, 2010. I just, I think I was preparing to see Shutter Island, and uh, did you do that? There was like a Scorsese. What is it? Marathon. I was like, oh, let me watch uh, Taxi Driver. I love Taxi Driver. And then, like, random, random, random movie, movie. Good, good, good. And then, out of nowhere, a nigger lives there. I was like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? Okay, no big deal. Let's just suggest this movie. And then, oh, black man gets shot in the head. All right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an early movie. It's still a classic. still great. Great script. Great acting. Should have won an Oscar for that one. And then I think I watched. And then they did a crazy. They, they did a weird time jump. We, we went straight to The Departed and watched The Departed. Amazing, Jack Nicholson, fucking legend. Wish he were, wish he was still acting more. Fucking legend. Um, crushes it in the movie. Racist thing, racist thing. Nigga this, nigga that. From white, from white men. Um, not his, not his, still very entertaining and great. Still has lots of vitality. Movie's long, but it moves. The, the pacing is amazing. I'm gonna see Clears of the Flower Moon. Actually, my girlfriend saw it. And she's like, it did not feel like a three-hour movie. Um, yeah, we actually just reviewed it uh, last week. Actually, <laughs> yeah, really interesting. But uh, the, the, the part of Anthony Anderson gets shot in the head. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Uh, I mean, I guess that happened. Maybe that happens in Internal Affairs, what, what, what it's based off of. Um, and then I went to go see uh, Shut. And then Goodfellas came on, same thing. See, he looked like a shot in the head. And then I go to see Shutter Island. And um, what's it called? Uh, there was actually auditions for Shutter Island. They wanted a bunch of black people to play the warden or to play the. Um, um, the folks that help out in the hospital. Oh, the um, yeah, yes. So, and uh, so I watched the movie, enjoying the movie, and you know they're interviewing this one dude who's crazy, obviously, and and then just, just out of nowhere he's just like, and the niggers, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I was like, Martin, I'm just sitting down trying to enjoy DiCaprio for two hours, damn it. <laughs> I didn't need this. Mm. Anywho, go see the Marvels, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> go see the Marvels. Go see Clues of the Flower Moon. I'm going to watch it on my phone out of spite. Um, so are there relax. Any... Taxi Driver is still a great movie, despite what I said. Um, there's, what else? What else is, where are the best, what's the best Scorsese movie? 
I know, I know I was I was making fun of the aviator, but that's actually I actually enjoyed that movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just like he's like um, we're never interviewing David ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love your energy. I feel like I can just like have a drink with you and we just be having a blast. Um I don't forget how I was gonna. <laughs> oh, so what do you got coming up? Because I know you have your meeting coming up, and we don't want to tie into that. Uh, so what do you have like coming up? Are you gonna be making any con appearances or any other writings that yeah. we should be looking out for? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be hopefully doing a J1 con uh, this weekend in Atlantic City in oh. uh, New Jersey. Yo, Jason's and a good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just like found out about like this week, Ooh. so. I'm gonna try to do that um, and get a get all that stuff together. Um, I have a few other things uh, that are gonna come out later next year. I know Harriet issue three is gonna come out uh, this month, um, and then issue four will be out in December. And yeah, Nightmare in Newark will have a, a limited release uh, this month. If you order on the uh, on my website uh, before. The 14th, you can get a copy because um, this will be just a very like limited release. They we're going to have a nationwide release in June of 2024. Okay. So if you haven't ordered it or you didn't back it on Kickstarter, you have to the 15th. Okay. Um, and then I think Killer Bee is my other comic book. Mm-hmm. That'll be coming out sometime in 2024. And uh, that's an assassin um, romantic comedy about this retiring assassin who finds out that her final hit is her is her boyfriend basically and, and like her dorky like normal average boyfriend um so she has to like deal with the fact that she got to kill this like soft sweet nice guy who's just a lawyer who's doing the right thing or is she going to not kill him but in this world if you if you don't deliver on your hit um they send assassins after you but she's really good at what she does. So it's basically like John Wick superimposed over a romantic comedy. Um, and it's the, uh, you know, a black female led, um, comic book. And that's drawn by a French artist who I'm, I'm loving the work that he's doing on this comic. Uh, his name is Matthew Reyes and dude's a genius. Like he did the first, um, it's a big 50 page issue and it's just action packed. But also has lots of heart, and yeah, I'm, I'm really. It kind of takes me back to like the early '90s of like. Um, I know we were just talking about Tarantino being on some ancient stuff, but Tarantino is really good at romance, uh, which I wish he would do more of. Like some of the romance in Pulp Fiction is really good. Some of the romance in True Romance is really good. Uh, I wish Django had even more romance in it, because um, I don't think, though I enjoyed that film, I don't think there's, I don't think we go too deeply into that relationship with Jamie Foxx and Carrie Washington's character. It just kind of feels like they're just there, and they look at each other, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's it. And I just kind of... Um, um, feel that was kind of like a missed opportunity because he's really good at romance and he's he just yeah just he can do great violence and great romance but that's what um, Killer B is so 
That'll be out in 2024. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I will go on your website. I will make sure I go on your website. If anything, you can just send me the link, and then I'll just order. I'll order. Um, I'll order that like right then and there. Nightmare in New York. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I know you got your meeting, David. It's been a pleasure. We're doing this again because, yeah. like I said, I yes, feel like please. I feel like some debates can ensue. I feel like I can just literally just have like if yes, I had a beer, we, we, we we'll debate. We'll say who's better. We'll we'll, we'll debate who did a better biography, Malcolm X or oh man, what's the what's the Martin Scorsese or the Aviator? That wasn't the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of the a Raging Bull. We'll just like which is better, Malcolm X or Raging Bull. That'd be a, that would be a good one. That is a good discussion. Yeah. I will say this: Jamie Foxx is unpredictable, or Usher's Confessions. Feel free to answer. Usher's Confessions. Usher's Confessions. Yeah, I'll go with Confessions too. All right. Not yes. knocking it. Not knocking it. I enjoyed Unpredictable a lot, though. <laughs> like because because I, I I like remember. Like I, I kind of forgot Jamie Foxx did. It's not it's not his fault because he's also like this actor. Mm. He's he's talented at a bunch of stuff, but like, um, yeah, I, I, I love them both. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, David, thank you so much. We'll continue on from here, but yes, like I said, you're welcome to come back anytime. At least tell, before you go, also tell the people where we can find where they can find you. Yes, uh, you can follow me at D. Crownson. Uh, you can order Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer graphic novel back orders on kingwoodcomics.com. You can also order uh, Nightmare in Newark till the 15th on uh, kingwoodcomics.com. And also order Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer hoodies and t shirts. Uh, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer is in comic book stores nationwide. Issue 2 just came out. And issue three comes out uh, the week before Thanksgiving. So, yeah, nice. please order those things and buy those things. But we'll talk about Harry Tubman Demon Slayer being a TV show and all that fun stuff. Nice. Uh, the next time, I'm on. Harry Tubman's going to be a, a TV show on Disney. So, so yeah. Wow. Anywho. Directed by Martin but, uh, Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 Actually, you know, you know what? I, I would have been like, yeah, you know what? You're directing a comic book adaptation, bitch. That's right. And also, I really enjoyed uh, that, th- th- that phobia scene in The Aviator. Uh, <laughs> and and then, then I'll say that. And then... Uh, and then hang out with them. Be like, yo, why do you say nigga so many times? <laughs> like, uh, like, un- like, unnecessary. Like, why? Why? Um, actually, that would be dope if he directed. Yes, yes. Actually, that would be the first black-led thing he ever directs. So it would be refreshing. I'd be like, yo, how come it took you like 30, uh, 40 years to direct a black-led thing? Uh, <laughs> that'll be the first thing I ask. Anywho. But uh, you all be great. Thanks so much for having me. It's no. been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. And I look forward to doing it again in the very near future. Oh, we definitely will. Oh, it's happening. Absolutely. It's happening. The door is open. Awesome, guys. Well, right. thank you so much, guys. I'll talk all to right. you soon. Take care, Bye. man. Take care. Have a good one. Later.
Oh man, that was fun. That was. I, yeah. Like, I, you know, we got a little debate out of it, and we just, we just. Yeah, that was uh, that was David Crownson, author of Harriet uh, Tubman, Demon Slayer, issue one available in stores now. One and two. One and two. I just picked. I just picked up part two, and I'm so behind on my reads, man. That damn Spider-Man game. Yeah, I'm. I am making good progress in that game. I am on level thirty. I am completing a lot of the side missions as I go. Uh, where am I at? I'm. I just just started tracking down the lizard. Um, uh, that 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 scene in the um that moment in, that we, that we saw in the trailers where you're skipping skipping across like the. Basically, the Hudson River, I think. Yeah, yeah. Chasing after Lizard. That's where we're at right now. Um, Peter Parker, uh, the symbiote, starting to change his attitude. I'm wondering where that goes. I won't. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, will, I will say Craven. You know, Craven he, in this game, he's playing for keeps. Listen, now that's Craven. I've only seen a trailer of Aaron Taylor Johnson, but that's Craven. Yeah. Hey, if, if Aaron Taylor Johnson can bring that same energy in his movie coming out next year, I don't know. I dare you to say that again with a straight face. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I guess I guess uh, Craven, hey, you, you never know. It could be a sleeper hit or it could be the next Morbius. It's Craven time. And then does he, he really say Morbin time in that movie? He does not. Okay. It, it, was, just a, it was just a meme that like the fans just t- took away. Okay. It's like, I'm like, that can't be true. It's Craven time. And then Craven craved all over the bad guys. You're disgusting. <laughs> you gotta take that somewhere. <laughs> nah, but that wasn't interesting. I hope I hope you get a copy of uh, Harriet Tubman just and uh, check that out. Because, I, like I said, nothing brings me more joy than just seeing racist kid guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the backstory of how that came about. I'm like, whoa. Like, I didn't think it took that much. Like, the culture needed a comic like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because so so many, even though like so many um, like stories about slavery, you know, based on real history, but you know, after a while, you get weary of seeing like black victimization. It's like, you know, we want to see, we want to see us like take control, take the reins. Exactly. And in this, and all I can say is, I'm on. I just been, I finished issue one. I'm ready. I'm looking forward to issue two. I'm ready to see that. I'm ready to see that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, what else I got? I I got. I got <laughs> it's been Spider Man. Spider Man has consumed your life. Yeah, right now it's been Spider Man. Um, I am getting through that game. Uh, after I get through that game, um, either Alan Wake two or RoboCop Rogue City, which comes I out. I, I IGN gave it a seven. I expect that like a seven eight. I, I've seen like seven and eights. Um, and and hey, that's that's totally fine. Like I still want to play that game because seven year old me would be so giddy just shooting, shooting uh you know criminals in the head, you know, you know do, like do, black do, people do, in a Scorsese movie. <laughs> <laughs> See now I gotta really think about it and watch some Scorsese films. I was like, do that? Does that really happen? It's is is definitely an, an over exaggeration because like you have to you have to acknowledge that a lot of Scorsese's movies he's exploring like you know Italian American mobsters okay. who naturally will just shoot anybody in the head. 
Yeah. Okay. And and lots of white mobsters get it, get it in the head. Ah, okay. Also, you know, um, you know, Italian American mobsters, not the most racially progressive people. So know. of course the end, we're just gonna fly fly out of their out of their mouths, you know, <laughs> and all that. So you, you get what you get, but. But uh, but yeah, man. Um, but yeah, Spider Man Two uh, at the forefront. Um, we got Comic Con this weekend. Yes, and I do want to. Uh, okay, I just gotta organize everything because there have been some changes. But um, in my schedule, but yes, Comic Con, we will be there. Yep. Is that Cody? Yeah, that was like from an earlier episode. Oh, okay. Um. But yes, we will be there. Um, this year, I will be the one hosting uh, four different panels. Um, Vic, will, Vic will be also with us um, on the convention floor, just check, you know, checking out the scenes and you know, probably connecting with some art, you know, with some artists. Um, but as far as the panels, uh, my schedule is on Friday. Uh, at 7.30 to 8.15, I'll be uh, doing the Retro Hollywood Stars live on stage. And that's going to feature uh, Heather Thomas from The Fall Guy, the old TV show from the late set, from the early 80s. Right. Um, Keith Guggen, who had a role in Adventures in Babysitting, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, and was also the grandson of uh, legendary actor Jackie Coogan. Okay. Uh, Mindy Cohn, who played Natalie from The Facts of Life, and then also she was the, uh, I believe, the second voice of Velma from Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mark Metcalf, who is uh, famous as the ROTC, um, uh, Doug Niedermeyer from Animal House, mm-hmm. and also the maestro in Seinfeld. And uh, Mike Starr, who just happens to be in Goodfellas, yeah. and uh, he actually uh, witnessed the uh, the most annoying sound in the world okay. <laughs> from Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. So that will be my Friday night panel. Okay. And three panels on Saturday. I be- hold up before I. So okay, on Saturday. Saturday, it will be in the Water Place room starting at, from 2.15 to 3 p.m. I'll be uh, doing a panel for Adventure Time. Nice. So and that's going to feature uh, Jeremy Shada, Jessica DeChico, Olivia Olsen, and I literally just screenshotted this, yeah, Jazzy in her costume, and uh, Hendon Walsh will also be there as well. Um uh, from 5.15 to 6 p.m., I will be hosting the AEW Wrestlers, A Night of Champions, uh, that will feature Dr. Brick Baker, DMD, uh, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, yep, and the legendary Dustin Rose. That's somebody whose brain I am very interested to pick in. And then Saturday evening, I'll be doing the Stars of New Media as well. So I'll be uh, interviewing uh, some social media influencers like Ethan Trace, uh, Rhode Island's own Peter Griffin, Stevie Oaks, uh, Jacoby Ray, and Quinn Pratt, who is at... And apparently there was a challenge made online where they wanted to do from Quinn Pratt to uh, do a voice... A voice... um, 
impression battle. Okay. With Ethan Trace. Mm -hmm. So I get to be it. So you know what? I'm gonna be a part of that. Nice. I don't know, and I'm just gonna inst I'm just gonna instigate. <laughs> no, no. Some of those, a couple of those last panelists, like you've met, interviewed them last year, right? Uh, Stevie Oaks and Jacoby Ray. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I knew their names looked familiar. Yeah, and they were really, 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 really awesome guys. So nice. it's gonna be. I'm really looking forward to um, interviewing them again. And they just been making some last minute like announcements. They announced Matt Hardy. They announced uh, Scott Steiner. Ty Mac is going to be there. <laughs> oh, shout outs to Roberto Gonzalez. Yep, I was thinking about that when I saw it. Nice. Ask him, ask him about his uh, brother's gym. Oh, yeah. And the glow. <laughs> yeah. uh, what if he does glow? I'm like, I want to see you glow. Like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll play the song right now. Here comes the last dragon. <laughs> Should take a picture for Roberto. Send it to him. <laughs> Hopefully he's in. Right now he's dressed up as Macho Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. And in full character. <laughs> oh yeah. Shout out to another friend of the show, Angela Marandola. She texted me earlier saying that uh, Roberto's been in character all day. Please send help. And you know what I did? What? I said, here, read this to. I'm like, read this to him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it. <laughs> And it says, I said, make sure you tell him. I said, come on, don't be scared. You're running for macho, and that's what I heard. <laughs> I did ask if he was going to drop some bars. You know, the greatest rap album of the last decade. Don't you start. Be a man. Don't you it's on Spotify. Why? You're not a real Macho Man Randy Savage fan if you don't listen to him. Be a man. I'm not. No. And, and give it five stars. No, you won't. Listen, you, did, didn't you? you know what? I wish Macho Man, God rest his soul, I wish he was still alive because we would have gotten that Macho Man, Melly Mel collaboration. I hate you so much. Why you hurting? Why you mad? Why you look bad? Yeah. The roach just crawled out of your book bag. Yeah. <laughs> God. Man, yo, if you know, if if we if Codex Prime, if, if we put together a, a 2023 awards list. We got to put Melly Mel somewhere. Well, we do our top fives every year. Well, there you go. Top <laughs> five great th greatest things of 2023. Yes. Yes. Well, there's Vix. Mm hmm. Pill Clinton to Pill Gates to Pill Cut. Okay, I'm done. Was that, the was that the thing that you. I feel like that Melly Mel disc record was something that you never asked for and you didn't realize that you needed? Yeah, pretty much. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm still waiting for remixes. I want to hear it over like Primo beats. I want to hear it over a Timbaland beat. Listen, Dr. Dre beat. I can't do that. Yeah, put it over some, I don't know, some random trap beat. Come on. I can't, I can do it. Let's do it. That, that should be your next mixtape. No, it's not. But, hmm. <laughs> okay. If you do something, then I'll do it. What's that? I don't know yet. Uh, well, speaking of doing something, we got to watch that Love Thy Neighbor. Oh, uh, I, I started it. How, I started it. How far did you get in? Um, probably about a good, let me see, it's an hour and a half, so we watched it really late, so it was about 20 minutes in, and then we just both clunked out. Remember, I have a, I have a almost eight-month-old. Yeah. 
takes a lot of you. <laughs> Absolutely. That little girl takes a lot of you out of you. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Other than that, that's all I got on my end. Yeah, I still got pre- I still got a lot to prep for for this weekend. Um, I gotta get like my books. Oh, Rikishi's gonna be there too. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. So I have him sign my picture and be like, listen, I'm connected with your cousin. He's been on our show. What's up? Hey, if we can get uh, Rikishi uh, to come on the show, that'd be a big nut, big boom. That would. I know. So funny. So funny story. I will share this. Yeah. So I think we was watching. We had wrestling on the other night. Mm-hmm. So Alyssa says, you know, it would be cool to if you got Roman Reigns on the show. Like, do you know how I said? Do you know how many people I would have to talk to just to get him to talk to me for five minutes? She said, Carl, you know his cousin. I'm like, you got a point. <laughs> she had a point. Hey, you never know if we get a uh, if you get Roman Reigns to acknowledge Codex Prime. Yo, nobody ain't nobody can't tell us shit. Put your ones in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a client who he calls me Roman Reigns. Does he? Now? He calls me Roman Reigns. He says that I'm his tribal chief and I'm more handsome than Roman, than Roman Reigns. Oh well, that's nice of him. It really is. Yeah. He's wrong, but that's nice. Of him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, let me enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh. I, uh... Yeah, you got some Spider-Man to play. I got some. I gotta get ready for this weekend. Oh, actually, my actually, man, listen, I got I got radio tomorrow. Yep. Then this Thursday, I'll be DJing at the Parlor on North Main Street, starting from at nine o'clock with a five dollar cover charge. So, and it's gonna be an old school hip hop night. Yep. So definitely come, you know, come out. Show some support, and it's gonna be a great, great time for that. Right. You know, big shout outs to Chris Rebel for connecting with, for connecting me to get that. And then all my Comic Con shenanigans. Uh, I'm so glad I don't do overnights no more. Yeah, man, it's a great feeling. Cause that crash is going to be serious. Indeed, indeed it will. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I know you've been trying to. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> appreciate <laughs> appreciate it, Mr. Black. Yes, this past weekend was my birthday. Yeah, happy All birthday, right, man. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming out, you and the lovely Kathy. Um Yeah, it was a it was a time that we had you need to go to Bo- you need to go to Slades in Boston. Slades. Go to Slades. Alright. Is that another nightclub? Nightclub it's kinda of like a one forty, but their soul food is so bad. My girlfriend's vegan and she tried collard greens for the first time. <gasps> Whoa, that's like climbing Mount Everest. It was, and she and she just mm, like, yep. And she she only had the uh, you can get an order of like three sides. Mm-hmm. I had the catfish. Yes. Oh. Yes. Sl- yes. Slade. Slades in Boston on Tremont. Oh, tre- okay, nice. Listen, I gotta go back for the fried chicken. Hey, I'm I'm down. I'm down for some good some, for some good soul food, man. You know, we can let's make a thing out of it. I want I I want to go back. We shall see, man. And their drinks. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I'll put that on the menu. Oh, you don't think about it. Do it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will definitely look into that. Um, in the meantime, uh. 
think that about wraps it up here for it this does. week's episode. Uh, catch all of our episodes, Facebook Live, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, all of our episodes are on Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. I yeah. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, just Google us. We yeah. everywhere. Just Google us. We are everywhere. Um, God, there was there was like one big one. I for, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but whatever. SoundCloud. Yeah, I, I did mention SoundCloud, but uh, but yeah, we're we're everywhere there. We're on Instagram as well, so catch us there as well. And uh, yeah, uh, as always, uh, catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.